you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G. Hello, Dodger fans, and welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential, along with, as always, Vince Samperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends. Hey, Vince, how you doing? Hey, Jeff. Um, you know, I think we've said this the last few days. Could be better, but light, regular life, good. Dodger life, not as good. Yeah, yeah, not so good. Yesterday's game was a lousy way to complete a lousy series. Uh, the Dodgers lost 11-7, to finished getting swept in the four-game series by the Cardinals. There really wasn't much worth talking about, uh, so we're not gonna, you know? Uh, but one notable event that did happen in the game was Walker Buehler's first career home run. So on today's episode, we are going to talk about pitcher homers. And then later we'll answer a couple of tweets from our listeners. But first, we want to remind you to subscribe to Locked on Dodgers in your podcast app of choice. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. All right, Vince, let's talk about pitcher homers. Yeah, uh, I'm going to stick with Dodger pitcher homers. <laughs> Not specific to ones I've witnessed live, but ones I've witnessed and my favorites um, the first one I'm going to go with is one I actually did witness live, and it's Zach Granke back in 2014 against the Giants at AT&T Park uh, in a 17-0 blowout. So, you know, it was just a perfect storm of everything. I think they were up 11-0 at the time when he hit the home run, so it was already a blowout. He did his little bat flip, and, you know, Granke was probably one of the better hitting pitchers we've seen in recent years, at least with the Dodgers uh, and in general. So, I mean, that was fun, and it's, you know, there's nothing better than a, that kind of game at AT&T Park, and then for Zach Greinke to hit home run, it was even better. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I'm going to start with. That was a, that was an important game, wasn't it? Was it late in the season? It was September, like, 13th. So it was late in the season. Uh, they won the division that year, obviously, so I'm assuming it played some kind of role in it. Yeah, I feel like I remember that one being pretty important. Um my first one I want to talk about uh, was the other star of that pitching staff. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, his only homer, happened to be in my very first game as a season ticket holder. And uh, it was, you know, we all remember it, I'm sure. Nothing, nothing, going to the bottom of the eighth. And uh, we were, my brother and I were wondering if Mattingly was going to let Kershaw hit for himself or if he was going to pinch hit for him and try to get some offense going. And, but Kershaw, I don't know how many pitches he had thrown, but it wasn't very many. It was, I, I think he was around 90 pitches. Yeah, uh, it was enough to think they might bat for him, but also not enough for them for sure pulling him. Yeah, especially on opening day, you think, you know, are they really going to let him throw 100 pitches on opening day or 100 plus? Uh, but they did. George Contos came into pitch. Kershaw, first pitch of the inning, I believe. Uh, my brother and I were not even done finishing the sentence of, oh, we're glad that he's letting Kershaw hit. And Kershaw had a line drive to center field over the fence. He celebrated. It You know, he was kind of jumping around first base. 
uh, combination of being his first home run and, you know, <laughs> putting the Dodgers ahead in a pitcher's duel on opening day. Uh, first opening day, actually, with the new ownership group. They had bought the team uh, early in the, in the 2012 season, but uh, maybe even in time for the home opener in 2012 but it was their first it was the first full season under new ownership kind of a it kind of signaled a, a change for the team and obviously things didn't start off really well that season after that but uh they eventually turned out okay so yeah that's still one of my most memorable moments since i got season tickets and it happened in my very first game as a season ticket holder yeah i remember i skipped class that day to go watch it at my uncle's and we we weren't just as crazy as you probably did, but it was a little bit more fun for you. Yeah. Um, all right. My next one, I was not in attendance for, but I'm going to go with Kenta Maeda in 2016, uh, mostly because it was the first home run of the season for the Dodgers as a whole. But it was also the first get-out ball in Chavez Ravine Fiend's history. He was the first one hit home run that year, so he got – the, the duties of the first get out ball ever. So I will remember that as we continue forward. So I'm going to go with Maeda against the Padres at Petco. Yeah. Uh, that was a fun one. That was his second at bat of his career, right? Yeah. The first at bat, he, too. he, he came up and he was late getting there to the, to the, the plate. I don't know. I don't remember why, but he took his time getting up there and he kind of bowed and apologized, like almost like a, a stereotypical Japanese bow to the pitcher to apologize for being late. Yeah. And then his second is at bat instead of apologizing, he just hit it over the fence and uh, we thought we had a big power hitter on our hands, but he hasn't hit another one since. Yeah. But he does hit, I mean, he's one of the better contact hitters, I guess. Yeah. Um, my next one I want to talk about was not uh, a Dodger and it's not even one home run. It's two different home runs that happened against the Dodgers, both by Braves pitchers, but I think they're the only two, other than Kershaw's, I think they're the only two other home runs by pitchers that I have witnessed in person. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but it's the only two I can think of that I can remember. Uh, so the more recent one was in 2017. We talked on yesterday's episode about in 2017 when the Dodgers uh, over the span of about two months, only lost back-to-back games twice, and it happened to be the four games that I was at. Uh, and the fourth of those four games was on July 21st, 2017. The Dodgers lost to the Braves 12-3, to and Jaime Garcia, who was only on the Braves for, what, a week and a half? Yeah. Um, he hit a grand slam off of Alex Wood, two-out grand slam, off of Alex Wood, just just ridiculous. I uh, I don't even like it was so far, and it was on zero and two. It was an zero and two pitch, two outs, pitcher up. You know, the only run that had scored that inning at that point it was three no, or four nothing coming into the inning. Freddie Freeman hit a leadoff homer, but then Alex Wood had a chance to get out of the inning without any more damage. Has the pitcher o two and gives up a grand slam. That was not fun. That was when I realized, oh, I am cursed this season. I am bad luck. And so that's actually one of the only Dodger games I've ever left early. And we only did it to try to help the Dodgers because I realized, well, they're not going to do anything. And actually it almost, uh, it didn't almost work, but it started to work because we left, we stayed just for the seventh inning stretch. I have to be there for the seventh inning stretch of any game. Uh, And then we left. And then in the bottom of the seventh, uh, 
Bellinger singled, Kike tripled him in, and then Grandal grounded out to score Kike and, you know, brought it within 12 to 3. Uh, but then they never got any closer. They lost 12 to 3. The other one uh, was before I was cursed, and it was 1992. What did I decide? April 18th, 1992. And John Smoltz, who is now in the Hall of Fame, hit a home run off of our very own Oral Hershiser. And it was the first, I know for a fact that was the first uh, pitcher home run I had ever seen. It was, it was baffling. Just a, it actually looked a lot like Kershaw's. It was to dead center. Um, obviously hits from the other side of the plate, but uh, yeah, that was the first one. And I think the only one that I had ever seen until Kershaw's, uh, but the Dodgers ended up winning that game seven to three. And it was very memorable for me. It's one of those things where I, I'd like to compile a list of every game I've been to, and I it would be hard to remember, but that one, it was easy for me to look up and find the exact date because uh, it's the only time John Smoltz ever hit a home run against the Dodgers. So when something memorable, memorable like that happens, it's easy to, to find the game. Uh, do you have any others that stick out in your mind? Uh, just real quick, one last one. Uh, especially for Dodger fans, it was Hong Chi Kuo. I forget oh, what yeah. year it was, but he, you know, relief pitcher, got to bat, hit a home run, and his bat flip was just one for the books. And it was a fun time. Uh, I, Twitter was around back then, but it wasn't how it was now. I can't imagine if something like that happened now. Uh, I mean, Dodgers pitchers have hit home runs before in recent years, but I think that whole moment would have been pretty cool, especially because Hong Chi Kuo was like, a stud at the time. Yeah, June 12, 2007. Oh, wow. It's even longer than I thought. Yeah, off of John Main. And, uh, yeah, that was a uh, – I remember that one. That I don't remember much about 2007. Uh, can you tell me what other two Dodgers homered in that game? Mm, that I can't. One was a young man named Matthew Ryan Kemp. Mm-hmm. batting eighth and playing right field. And the other one was Wilson Bedemit. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wonder, so 2007, that was, all right, so it was early in Kemp's career, but he came up in 2006. So, uh, yeah, that was probably his eighth or ninth career home run. So. But, yeah, so uh, yesterday's game looked like it might be fun. When when Bueller hit his home run, that was exciting. Seemed like it might be a fun game. Ended up not being a fun game. And so we're not going to talk any more about it. Uh, we will pretend it didn't happen. And uh, we're going to go to break. But when we come back, we will answer a couple listener tweets. But before we go to break, we want to remind you to subscribe to Locked on Dodgers on the new Himalaya podcast app. We've talked a lot about Himalaya. You know what it is. It has uh, cool features, personally curated playlists, and lots of cool stuff. So download it. And subscribe to our podcast, Locked on Dodgers, there or in whatever you use to listen to podcasts. And we'll be right back. All right, let's take a quick break. For the next minute or two, we're going to talk about SEX. So if you have any KIDS in the CAR, go ahead and plug their EARS for a minute, okay? Hope I spelled all those words right, and I hope you could tell what they meant. Uh, Have you ever gone to the barber and wondered why there's a bunch of gray hairs on the ground when they're done cutting your hair? Or have you ever played catch with your son and then you feel like a truck hit you for the next couple days? Or maybe 
when it comes to the sexy times, are you maybe just maybe a little less always ready to go than you were when you were younger? Don't answer those questions out loud and please do not tweet your answers at us. It's none of our business. In fact, to quote Michael Jackson from back when we were allowed to acknowledge his existence, ain't nobody's business but mine and my baby. That's where BlueChew.com comes in. If you want to increase your performance and get some extra confidence in bed, check out BlueChew. That's blue as in I bleed Dodger blue and chew as in Madison Bumgarner likes to chew out opponents who pimp homers or flip bats or look at him because he's a crybaby and a stunted immaturity, whatever he is. Anyway, Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So, you know, they work, but the best part is. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so there's no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a boost in the bedroom, either in quality, quantity, or both. I mean, I obviously don't have any problems in that department. I don't mean to brag, but I do have three whole kids. But I have to admit, even I am a little bit intrigued. So anyway, right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code MLB to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Dodgers. All right, we are back. Uh, we have a couple tweets from our listeners that uh, we thought we'd address. First one won't take as long uh, due to legal reasons. We probably can't go into too much detail. Uh, but this comes from our friend Justin at Justin underscore Hicken. Uh, he of the goofy mustache and bad attitude. Sorry, Justin. Uh, he asks, hey, can we burn down Bush Stadium? What do you think, Vince? I don't think we can personally do it. And I wouldn't advocate for anyone else to do it. But you know, if the Dodgers never had to play there again, I wouldn't be upset. Funny thing is, the last time the Dodgers played in Bush Stadium before this week, they swept yeah, the Cardinals. It's true. Yeah. Um, historically, though. Historically, though. Yeah. It's it's not our favorite place. Uh, but it is – I have a degree in English. You have a degree in, what, journalism? Yeah. So uh, I think it's important to, to find out what this question is asking. Can we burn it down? Or should we burn it down? May we burn it down? Because I feel like the answers in order are yes, yes, and no. Yes, we can, and yes, we should, but no, we may not. True. So that's, uh, that's my advice to you, Justin. Do not burn down Bush Stadium. If you do, make sure the police know that we told you not to. So if you do, you know, if you go buy a plane ticket to St. Louis and burn down the stadium... Uh, just make sure the police know we didn't tell you to. And in fact, we told you not to, even if we mm, wouldn't be heartbroken if it happened. So, uh, now let's move on to our other question. You want to read it, Vince? Yeah, let me, uh, pull it up. And we have from Caesar at Caesar Medina. Uh, That's a really good question. We've touched on it 
before, kind of, but not really. And not our on this podcast. podcast. Yeah, old podcast, but definitely not to this in depth that we're about to go into. He asked, how do we feel about fans saying we when referring to a sports team? And then for an example, he'll say we got swept. Yeah. Um, this is one of those things where I kind of subscribe to the same thing I do about uh, fans doing the wave or bringing beach balls to games or booing players on, on our favorite team which is basically, I don't do it, but if other people want to, that's okay. Uh, I I never refer to the Dodgers as we or us. Uh, it just doesn't feel right to me. And But I, I understand the reasoning why people do, so it doesn't bother me too much, but, uh, but I don't personally do it. What about you, Vince? Yeah, I'm... I'm a flip-flopper. Not a flip-flopper on purpose, but sometimes I'll call people out for saying we, and then I'll find myself saying we sometimes. So I don't have a complete issue with it, depending, you know, to what degree it is. Uh, if, you know, someone's just constantly, constantly using it, then, you know, I don't I don't advocate for that. Uh, but, you know, if you're like me, where you maybe don't, necessarily want to but just sometimes you just feel it and it just happens and you say it and i know i've done that plenty of times before so uh yeah i'm not completely against it but you know i do try to find myself saying they or the dodgers instead of we but sometimes in the moment it's just how you feel and it's it's you know for some people it's that's just how they say it and then some people you know you feel connection and you know i've even said it before and someone told me oh i didn't know you were part of the team and i was like well you know at that point, I was already kind of in uh, – when I was with, at that point, specifically, I'm remembering I was with Dodge Nation, and I was covering the team, so I was seeing the players pretty much every day. And, you know, I felt a little – now I wouldn't feel part of the team, but I didn't feel not part of the team. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think there is some level of that where it it bothers me more if it is somebody who doesn't really have an emotional attachment to the team or something. If I can tell it's a casual fan – and then they're saying we. I'm like, come on, dude. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if it comes from passion for the team, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, it's something about it. I may end up flip-flopping on it at some point. One thing that used to bother me that I, I now find myself doing, and maybe I could rationalize it, but maybe I've just changed my opinion, that used to really annoy me when announcers would refer to players just by their first name, like in a very familiar way. And the example that jumped out at me, it is uh, Hot Rod Hundley, who used to do the TV games for the Utah Jazz. Uh, and he would just refer to John Stockton as John. John dribbles down, passes to Carl, you know. And, and it's like, and maybe for, you know, and this is where I, I can maybe rationalize it, because John and Carl are not nearly as distinctive names as Stockton and Malone and the names that they were famous for. It's like, so it's like, dude, everybody knows these guys as Stockton and Malone. Stop calling them John and Carl, you know? Yeah. Uh, but then I find myself calling the current Dodgers mostly by either first names or nicknames. Uh, but, but I also feel like 
that's kind of what they're known as, you know? I mean, yeah. when you say Cody or Corey, it's like, even though they're not as distinctive as Seeger and Bellinger, but, and, but maybe it is just because I am familiar with the team and emotionally attached to the team. And so I do feel like, so may, maybe I'm saying what I'm saying is I'm a hypocrite and I'm just as bad as Hot Rod Hundley. But hey, Hot Rod Hundley is in the Hall of Fame. So uh, get off my back. I'm a Hall of Famer. True. That's all I'm saying. True. Do you think that that's shaped at all by Vin, who was one of the least biased team announcers ever? And I don't, I don't know if he ever called people by first names, thinking off the top of my head, but he's definitely, you know, never been one of the guys to say us or we kind of like Oral does now. And I think sometimes that bothered me, but then I'm like, yeah, I'm over it. It's not, it doesn't bother me to the extent that I need to, you know, be upset about it. Yeah. You know, I think that's a good point. I do think Vin Scully has kind of shaped most of my life. And so that that's probably true that uh, I grew up thinking every announcer should try their hardest to be as much like Vin Scully as possible. And so probably what rubbed me wrong about Hot Rod Hundley was this guy's not like Vin. So yeah. uh, he, he, I mean, actually... I definitely can't stand most other teams broadcasters because I think they it's, I don't know, it just feels too homerish, which they are part of the team or whatever, but it's just, I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. I remember one time I was watching a Dodgers Rockies game and it was before I'd figured out how to get around MLB's blackout rules. So I was watching on the Rockies channel, which is just the worst experience ever. And they were having a discussion about, it was when D Gordon was on the Dodgers and they were talking about how fast he was. And they said something like, I mean, he might be as fast as Drew Stubbs. And I'm like, <laughs> Drew Stubbs? Does Drew Stubbs yeah. even have legs? Like, what a homer comment. Like, this guy yeah, on our team good. who's kind of fast might be as fast as D. Gordon, the fastest guy in baseball. Yeah. Um, there was another one. Oh, somebody one time, back when, the, the year that Andre Ethier had eight walk-off hits or whatever, yeah. and somebody online referred to him ha as... Uh, this generation's Marco Scudero or something. And I looked up and like Marco Scudero had like four career walk-off hits and two of them were like errors on sacrifice bunts or something. It was like, come on people, stop being homers. But we're all homers probably. And the only difference is we're homers for the Dodgers. So we're right. You know? Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can, you can say we Caesar. If you want to say we, you say we, I'm not going to join you probably. But uh, I, I don't judge you. And if it comes from a place of love, wh where it does bother me, I'll say, is if you are taunting another fans or another team's fan base, we beat you. No, you didn't. Like, you know, it's so it's probably easier for me to, when you say we got swept by the Cardinals because you're like yeah. taking the loss on. But when you're yeah. taunting another team's fan base, that it kind of annoys me. And I don't blame them for saying, oh, do you play? because that's kind of what you deserve. So like in most situations, don't be a jerk, but absolutely identify with the team in whatever way you want to. Yeah. So um, that's about it for today. But before we wrap up, we want to announce the winner of this week's giveaway. All you had to do was submit a review on iTunes and uh, dozens of you did. And I will now announce the winner in a voice that might sound slightly different because I will actually randomly choose and record the winner's name a while after we're done recording this, this episode. So the winner is Angel Marquez 3040. That's the username on iTunes. Uh, so if that's you, please send us a direct message on Twitter 
telling us it is you. And congratulations, we will figure out what game works for you to have tickets to. So Angel Marquez 3040, if that's you, send us a DM. All right, I just said it. I didn't say it now, but I just said it in your ears. So thank you for listening to Locked on Dodgers. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, We have a series coming up with the Brewers starting today. Back in L.A., hopefully the Dodgers get back on their winning ways. The Brewers are coming off a sweep, too. Got swept by the Angels. Haven't had as much travel as the Dodgers, but hopefully uh, the Dodgers can get back to their winning ways. And then uh, on Monday, we will have a little bit of a Yasiel Puig-centric episode because Monday is Puig's first day back in Dodger Stadium since being traded. Also happens to be Clayton Kershaw's first start of the year. So Kershaw's first start will come against Puig in his first game. So that should be fun. We will talk all about the Brewers series and Puig on Monday's episode. So remember, you can subscribe to the show on Himalaya and any other podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. The three best things you can do to help us grow are subscribe to the show, tell your fellow Dodger fan friends, and rate and review us. We got some really good reviews on iTunes. They were fun to read. So if you haven't done it yet, please do. We will do future giveaways throughout the season where everyone who has submitted a review will be eligible. So if you haven't done it yet, do it now. It's not too late for the next giveaway. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. Follow Vince on Twitter at Vince Samperio. I am at Snydog. Call and leave us a voicemail at 323-863-LOCK, L-O-C-K. We are here every weekday morning. We hope you will be here with us. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Say D, I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye!